Hello and welcome to the Every Nation Twane Moikluf podcast. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message with us. Good morning, family. Uh, what an amazing church. You're getting something right. Youth, which my mother always struggled to get me to, in a math class. How amazing. I can just see why I am praying for this church. You're doing groundbreaking work. And uh, so on a more serious note, as I prayed for this church just this morning, uh, I just sense this word for you as a church. No weapon formed against this church will prevail. And so stand on that. If it is a sound challenge, if it is a coffee challenge, whatever, always know that nothing will stand against the name above all names. But there was also just a sense of warning that as long as you keep on following the Lord of all lords. And so nothing will prevail as long as you're on your knees and you are following him. And so I want to bless you with those words. Uh, I'm really um, excited to be here seeing what we have prayed about, the Willows congregation, elders prayed about. Um, it is happening, and it's amazing to see. So I've been part of this family now for 15 years, from day one in Philip and Renee's uh, lounge area. Uh, I was the first ever kids church teacher. Eh? So there is, there is hope for growth. <laughs> um, and so the kids church uh, was my two daughters and their son. So amazing. Um, but to see so many different congregations across the city, God is really doing something just in this city. And it's a privilege to be part of that. And so if you are maybe visiting us, this is your first time here. We are a a citywide church, different congregations. And so you've heard a few times uh, Christians saying all the senior leaders went. And so you might be asking, you know, but you are also a senior leader. Why did you not go? Um, sometimes you need to understand your gifting and your shortcomings in life. And so that's maybe why I've had to remain behind. I'm joking. Um, but different congregations um, coming together. And we are all preaching for a month, the one series on our values. This is our values if you are visiting us. And so we started first week, Philip preached about why values. And so if you're in the corporate industry where I've been for 23 years, um, being part of executive management for 23 years, only in the last four years I stepped into full-time vocational ministry, we would know that values forms the character, the characteristic uh, of your company. And so Philip preached about why values in the kingdom of God um, and started off with lordship. And so last week, Renee did an excellent job. I listened to it. Discipleship. The essence of, of growth is the relationship with God. And, and what a privilege if somebody comes in alongside you just to help you and to guide you. Um, and so today, I'm speaking, as you heard, on the topic of leadership, something that is dear to my heart because I have made many mistakes in my, my 23 years. And I'm saying that 23 years so that all the people that are in corporate business leaders, CEOs of companies... Because I know that there's, there's this there's divide between, you know, the, the secular and the church. And rightfully so, you would, might think so. Um, but I've been here. I've been there. And I've led there. And I've been here for four years. And I've been leading here for four years. The word and the principle of leadership according to God's word remains the same. It doesn't matter where you find yourself. And so I want you just to open your hearts. Because there has been... Thousands, if not millions, of different quotes on leadership. Um, there's been many books lately, podcasts on leadership. 
And so I want to share two of my favorite quotes with you this morning on leadership. First one from John Maxwell. John Maxwell says, He you think he leads, but has no followers, is only taking a walk. All right, and so if you're walking in the park with your dogs, that does not count. We're talking about your influence in people's lives. Any mothers in here? Any mothers in here that do not think that you are a leader? As long as somebody is following you, you are a leader. The fact that you got here this morning dressed, comb your hair, you've had influence on yourself. And so leadership differs, the influence differs, but you are a leader. And so another favorite one is from Margaret Thatcher. She said the following, being in power is like being a lady. If you have to tell people you are, you aren't. And so if we say leadership in our values, have you ever thought why? I mean, I understand lordship. I understand evangelism. I understand discipleship. I understand family, which we'll preach about next week. But why leadership? What is it that we as a church see and want to communicate? What is it that we want to build? We want to establish. And so I want to use a coin to try and make this a tangible thing. This is a five-shilling coin. And so you cannot dispute the fact that this is a coin. Yes? Maybe for the people sitting there at the back. This is a coin. <laughs> you cannot dispute the fact that this is a coin. Just play with me. It is not paper money. And so what we are not saying is that we want to qualify or disqualify people's God-given gift of leadership. It is not for me to say whether you are a leader or not. And that's not what we're trying to communicate with that value. You see, some have been gifted to lead millions, our president. Some have been gifted to lead a thousand, maybe ten, maybe one. But as long as you are leading, you have influence in society. There's a guy by the name of George Verver. He's the founder and current president of the third largest missions organization in the world, Operation Mobilization. And so when he shares his story, it starts with an old lady sitting right at the back of the church. It was always praying for him. He would slip in, sit next to her. She would always pray for him and share with him. That lady led him to Christ. She had influence on millions of people's lives through one. And so as long as you are leading, you have influence in society. And that is what our value is about. How are you leading? What is the influence that you are currently having on society? We all are familiar with the term there. They are two sides of the same coin. Different ways to look at the same thing. Yes? There goes my notes. Two ways to look at the same thing. And so with leadership, it's exactly the same. You cannot dispute the gift but there's a right way to lead, and there's a wrong way to lead. And so when I say that I'm not talking about different leadership styles, I'm talking about the leadership Jesus is calling us as believers to versus what we tend to strive towards, run towards because of the human nature in us. And so Jesus comes and he defines the type of leadership his disciples, those that follow him. Those of us, the type of leadership that we are called to in Mark chapter 10. So you can open your words with me. 
Mark chapter 10, as we study the word and just to see what Jesus is saying to his disciples and ultimately to us today about leadership. We're going to read from verse 35. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. I've got two, well, one teenager, the other one is now at varsity. It sounds a lot like a teenager. want you to do whatever I ask of you, Daddy. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. And Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? Or to baptize with the baptism with which I am baptized. And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him, and he said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. Underline that. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave to all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can pray. I pray that as we open the word now, Holy Spirit, that you will speak into our hearts. I know that I know that there are so many influential leaders sitting here right at this moment, all with different experiences, different ideas, maybe reading a lot about leadership, Father, my heart's desire this morning is that we will open your word and that we will learn what it means to be a leader in your kingdom. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so Jesus makes a a very clear contrast between leading according to worldly principles and leading according to kingdom principles in this passage. And it starts with verse 43 where it says, and not so among you. And not so among you. So whatever followed before verse 43, that should not be so amongst those that are calling themselves followers of Jesus. Now remember, he's busy speaking to his disciples. And so he's speaking to them and he says, not so among you. And then after verse 43, obviously he tells them what should be amongst them. And so we need to look at What is the the wrong way of leading? What is the worldly way of leading that Jesus is saying, not so among you? And so the first one we see is where Jesus says, leadership in the kingdom is not about position and glory. Verse 37, and they say to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand, one at your left in your glory. And so the context here is at this stage, all of the disciples believe that Jesus is the Messiah. 
but they believed that he would sit on the physical throne of David, restore Jerusalem, and that he will, he will free them from the oppression of the Roman Empire. And so with this in mind, James and John, like two teenagers, comes to him and says, Master, grant us to one sit at your right hand and one at your left. And so what they are asking, if you understand the context, is to be the second and the third most highest position person, most influential, third and, second and third most influential person in the kingdom. Not coming to Jesus thinking that he will be the king and asking, how can we serve you? No, no, no. Please choose us before any of the other ten. You see, to them it was all about position and glory. Because with that position comes a lot of influence, comes a lot of glory. Even the response of the other disciples points to the same thing. They become indignant. They become angry. Why? Because they are jealous. They want these positions for themselves. It's all about position and glory. It is all about the title. It is all about the designated parking space. It is all about the glory that people give because of a position. It is all about the perks that comes with a job. Remember some of the experiences that there would be certain functions that you are invited to or not purely because of your position. And at these functions, some people will interact with you or not because of your position. And so the natural tendency is to try and do anything and everything so that you are invited, so that you are included, and so that you become that person that everybody wants to speak to. And Jesus looks at them and he says, not so among you. Leadership is not about position and glory. The second thing we see that he says, is leadership is not about the authority or the power. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. So yes, John and, and, and James, they are asking Jesus. The other ones are getting angry, and Jesus is seeing this, and he's calling them over. And he's addressing at that point just the condition of their hearts by looking at worldly authority, the way the world would lead or think a leader should lead. And he's saying to them, you are all considering the same thing. You are looking at yourself, your personal gain, how you can enrich yourself. That is what the world does when it comes and looks at leadership. Let it not be so among you. And he's warning them in this moment. He's saying to them, it is not about power and authority. It is the same warning exactly the same morning that God gave Israel when they pleaded for a, for a king, for a ruler in the book of Samuel. So here Israel comes to Samuel and says, we want a king like all the pagan people have. We want somebody to rule over us. In 1 Samuel it says the following, obviously Samuel not feeling happy about this, goes to God, speaks to God about the people asking for a king. At that stage, God was the king. He was the Lord. He was leading his people through his prophets. And so they are asking for a physical ruler, king. 
And this is the warning God gave through Samuel. In 1 Samuel 8, verse 10, it says the following. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. And he said, these will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and daughters and appoint your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest. Verse 13. And he will take your daughters to be perfume makers and cook and bakers. Some men got stuck at this verse. Verse 14, and he will take the best of his fields and vineyards. Verse 15, and he will take. Verse 16, and he will take. And verse 17, and he will take. Can you see that leadership according to worldly principles is all about enriching self? It's all about enhancing self. And so Jesus is looking at his disciples and he's seeing just this animosity that is starting amongst those that are believing in him, that are following him. And he's saying to them, it's not so amongst you. It is not about enriching yourself. It is not about enhancing yourself. It is not taking the position to better yourself. It is not about that brown envelope that you push across the table to make sure that the tender comes your way. It is not about appointing somebody for the mere fact that if you appoint this person, somebody else will grant your company or your business or your position tenders and contracts. One of the companies where I used to work, we were approached by a very influential person that sat on a board that made decisions about tenders in the industry that we found ourselves. So we were called aside to say, if you appoint my daughter in your company, I will make sure. I will make sure. See, leadership is not about power and authority. And don't mistake or don't just look at that person's actions and reactions. By appointing that person, I would have been focused on enriching myself and enhancing myself or my company or my business. By pushing that envelope to ensure that you get the deals, you are positioning your company in a place of authority and power. And Jesus is looking at us today and he's saying, not so among you. Not so among you. A few years ago, um, I had the privilege of phoning our leader in Umumbela. Privilege because I knew a friend, I knew somebody in Christ. And so I phoned him and I said to him, please, you need to get to the ICU of a specific hospital. There's somebody that's lying there, head-on car collision, he's busy dying. And I know that I know that this person is not safe. By God's grace, the guy had more than 36 fractures in his body. Mike, that leads our congregation in Umbumbela, could lead this gentleman to Christ. And God saved him. Not just spiritually, but also physically. He is still alive today. But here's the thing. When he came back, the 
first day that he saw me after six months of rehab, he looked at me and said, Donnie, I never knew, I never knew that you were a Christian. You see, at that stage in my life, leadership was all about position and glory. It was all about power and authority. I was there to do a job. In some instances, I was employed to turn companies around. I was there to do a job. Doing a job is not wrong. You need to do your job. But if you're doing your job in spite of other people, if you're doing it for position and glory, God is saying this morning, not so among you. Not so among you. And so what should be amongst us? Verse 43, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Leadership is influenced by being a servant and a slave in the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read this, there's two words that Jesus is using when he's speaking to his disciples to explain leadership according to kingdom principles. A slave and a servant, or a servant and a slave. And so the Greek words here is diakonos, from where we get the word deacon, and doulos, which means slave, a bondservant. So two words in the kingdom of God, if you want to be a leader, CEO, if you want to be a leader, be a servant and a slave. And so when I read this, I was just struck with just the sense of feeling overburdened, and somehow devalued, if I'm just honest with you. Overburdened. Why would I say that? Overwhelmed. Because I'm trying to be this perfect leader, really trying to lead according to God's ways. Need to be a husband, and I want to be a good husband to my wife. Buy flowers, remember the birthday, hold her hand long enough, play with her hair, and then still have children, be there at sport, and all of these things. And then Jesus is coming, and he's saying, and you actively need to still serve people just overwhelmed because I'm not getting all the others right. I'm not getting all the others right. Devalued. Devalued. Why? You need to be a slave. Do you understand the meaning of being a slave? Let me explain that to you in just simple terms. Ruan, go and fetch coffee for me quickly. No, don't do that. <laughs> Renee? Go and make me some coffee, please. That is being a slave. That is you lording over somebody, and that person does not have a choice. And so I feel devalued. That I have to, just to look at Len and think that whatever he says, I have to do. He's got three children, I think, if it's not four. Um, Albert. Albert sitting there at the back. Albert can ask me anything and, and I don't have a choice. But that's not what Jesus is saying to us this morning. You see, if we look at verse 45 of this passage, it gives us the answer of what Jesus is saying about servanthood and being a slave in the kingdom of God. So the Son of Man came to serve, but not to be served. And so that points back to a prophetic word that was given over Jesus before he walked on earth. And Isaiah 53 verse 11. If you've got your Bibles, you can open with me. Isaiah 53 verse 11. 
says the following, out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. And so he will make them to be accounted righteous. It is speaking about something that will still happen. He will carry their iniquities. He's speaking of something that will still happen. This is a word given before Jesus came. He will, for those that believe in him, will make them to be in right standing with God, making them righteous. He will take on himself their sin, carry their iniquities. But there's one sentence here that speaks of the present. My servant. He will come and make you righteous. He will carry your iniquities. But he is my servant. He is my servant. And so what Jesus is is saying to his disciples in that moment, I knew long before I came who I am. I am the son of the father in heaven. And as a son, I submit and I align myself under the father. I have always done so. I have always done so. And so when Jesus comes, we hear the words, whatever the Father will, I do. Wherever the Father go, there too I go. We see a picture of a son understanding what it is to submit himself under the Father. And so what Jesus is saying to us this morning when he's speaking about leadership according to his kingdom principles, he is calling us doulos, slave that has a master, to understand that you have been purchased by the blood of the Lord of Lords, Jesus. You are no longer a slave to death. You are no longer a slave to sin. You belong, Lordship, to the Lord of Lords. That is the slave, the doulos, emphasizes your position. Your position, not in this world, to go and make somebody coffee when they ask you. Know your position in Christ. And so Jesus is speaking to his disciples and saying, do you understand your position in me this morning? And then diakonos. Go and read Acts 6, where the first deacons were appointed. They had specific tasks that they needed to perform. Diakonos emphasizes what you need to do. And so if you understand who you are, you need to understand to whom it is that you are serving. He is calling you first and foremost to serve unto him. Jesus knew who he was and he served the Father. Jesus is calling us to know who we are this morning in him as leaders. And that he's calling us to serve him. And so the leadership according to kingdom principles is being a diakonos and a doulos unto him. And people benefit. Jesus came to earth as a diakonos and a doulos unto the Father. And we benefited from it. We benefited from it. The fact that we are sitting here, the fact that we are worshiping today is because Jesus understood the leadership in the kingdom of heaven. And so practically, what does it look like? Fathers, Practically, what does it look like? Is to understand that I'm not the one sitting at the table after supper and seeing how everybody is taking all the cups and everything away. 
because I am the person in position. I have authority. No, it's understanding that I've been called to serve Him and to follow Him. And by doing that, my children will benefit and my wife will benefit. It is not about the position and the glory. And so help to take the dishes back. That is a practical example. Mothers, understand whom you have been called to be in Christ first. Don't fight what the world says about being submissive to your husband. Understand that in Ephesians 5 verse 20, Jesus says, Firstly, husbands and wives, submit to one another out of reverence for me. And so when I fulfill my role as father, as a leader, somebody that influences, I'm honoring him. I'm doing it as unto him. Mother's the same. How does it look in the business? How does it look in the business world? You know that there was a time when I physically did not know the people's names standing at the gate. And I'm not saying this to boost in it. I'm ashamed of that. I'm ashamed of the fact that I need to share a testimony with somebody that I let say to me, Donnie, I never knew that you were a Christian. Because it was all about power and position. Do you know that you are called by the Lord of Lords? And that no business deal is impossible for him. So in the beginning of the year, my eldest daughter being a first year, started studying. And I'm sharing this with you so that you would know whom it is that are calling you today. And there was no way that we could pay her studies, let alone her hostel fees. She really wanted to be in the race. And so we applied for a bursary, knowing that just her makeup, she will get it. Academically strong, looks like a mother. She's got a mother's brains, because I still have mine. And so she applied. We were supposed to know by the end of Jan, nothing happened. We were supposed to know by the end of Feb, nothing happened. Now she's still in rest, and this account is just increasing. We were supposed to know in April, nothing happened. March came, April. First week in May, got the response. She did not get the bursary. I was angry. I was really angry. God, I left, you know, a lot of things behind to follow you. And within two weeks, somebody came to me and said, have you heard about the bursary? And I said, yes, she didn't get it. So we've given notice at the rest. She's coming back home. The guy looked at me and said, what are we talking about financially? I gave him the amount, and he said, it is paid. It is paid. Do you know who it is this morning that is calling you to follow him? That in a business world, when things look impossible, when you are sitting with the mafia in the construction business, and they are saying to you, you will not break ground if you do not do do you fear man or do you fear the king of kings? Are you busy having a kingdom influence in people's lives? Or are you busy building authority and power for yourself? And Jesus is saying, not so with you. How does this look in the church? How does this look here? It's not about the position and the mic. Jesus is the head of the church. Yes, there's designated authority given to the elders to lead, but he is the head of the church. 
And so whether you serve and where you serve is not as unto man. It is unto him. He is calling you to have an influence in people's lives that walk through those doors every Sunday. That is understanding your position as a leader in the kingdom. That is understanding that. There's a gentleman here, and I want to honor you this morning. Prof. Isaac, Chris Isaac is sitting there at the back, comes from the Linwood congregation. Many of you don't know, but that guy is a very influential leader on this continent. He chairs a political society. He's a professor at Tux. Why do I say that? Because I want to honor him at Linwood. He led, he was a teacher in the kids' church. What I'm speaking about, that guy's living. It's not about position. It's not about authority. It's about serving God. It's about aligning our lives under Him so that through you, He can influence society. That is what we're seeing when we're saying leadership. We see transformed societies because of leaders that understand it is not about power and position, authority. They understand that in Christ they have already been raised and are seated in heavenly places. The highest position that you can have, you already have in Him. You are called a son and a daughter of the living King. You are called co-heirs. All power, dominion, authority has been submitted under Him when He walked out of that grave. And it's been given unto us. You do not have to aspire to something that you already have. There is no higher position in the kingdom of God than to be called a son, than to be called a daughter. And so if this was a performance appraisal this morning, you sitting with whoever's leading you, and this was an, an interview where you were asked so, about your work. Are you meeting all the expectations? If this was your performance appraisal this morning. And on the opposite side of the table, the Holy Spirit sits. And he's asking you this morning, which side of this coin best describes your leadership today? What would your answer be? Father, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If we are sitting here today, and we have come to the place where we have acknowledged you as the living King, we have submitted our lives onto you. We are called sons and daughters. We have been raised with you and we are seated in heavenly places. Holy Spirit, I pray that as we, as we just ponder about that question now, which side of this coin best describes your leadership, that you would minister unto us now.
just really want to speak to the fathers in here this morning. It's tough to be a father. It is a joy. It is a blessing. But it's tough. We make mistakes. We don't always get it right. I've messed up many a times. I want to say to you this morning, Jesus is calling you to a place where you follow him and you point your children not to you but onto him. I want to say to you, well done. Well done. You're doing a great job. The gentleman sitting here with a blue check shirt. Apologies for not knowing your name. And your wife just his eyes are closed. I want him to see me. God is saying to you, well done. You're an excellent father. You're an excellent father. Well done. You see, if your children love Jesus and they are walking towards Jesus, you are doing a great job. It is not about the position and the power. Mothers, so many times, all the turmoil and everything that you just take, all the emotions daily, feeling maybe devalued. Can I say to you this morning, thank you. Thank you for leading well, for sacrificing your careers, those of you that did, sacrificing time, even if you are in employment, still always putting your husband and your kids first. That is what it means to follow and lead according to kingdom principles. Thank you for being an example. Well done. There's a few business owners in here. Just sense this really. Economic times are tough, especially after COVID. And we are challenged more and more daily with a brown envelope. This morning I want to say to you, God will not leave you nor forsake you. God will not leave you nor forsake you. Stefan, he's got you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. But he's asking you to give him the throne. He's asking you to become a diakonos and a doulos in his kingdom, aligning yourself and your business and the way you think under him. And you will see societies change. You will see your household change. Just trust in Him. Father, thank You that, that when we look at You, Jesus, we do not have to wonder what it looks like. The mere fact that You went down on Your knees to wash the disciples' feet is a testimony of knowing who You are in the kingdom knowing that you have been seated on the throne of thrones on the right hand of the Father and yet you go down on your knees and you wash our feet. May that be a testimony of this church that serves this community because they do it as unto you. 
May us see Moekle of this community transformed, Father, because of a church that understands and aligns itself under your authority. Father, I pray for leaders sitting in here this morning. May we start leading from a place of knowing who we are in you and that we are doing it as unto you. I pray for companies to change. I pray for households to change. I pray for schools to change, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. And that concludes today's message. For more information, visit our website at everynationtwane.org forward slash moikluf. That's everynationtwane.org forward slash moikluf. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Till next time then. Yeah.